Welcome to the audio version of the weekly Con Culture podcast, Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Every Sunday, Leonard Sultana, along with co-host Alyssa Franks from the Friends of CC Forum, cover the past seven days in con news, as well as looking forward to the big events of San Diego Comic Con. This is Season 3, Episode 44, broadcast on Sunday the 19th of June. And in this episode, we talk about the movies of Comic-Con, the big draws for the world's entertainment media. 2016 has already seen some exciting revelations about companies and films we will see on stage at some of the bigger rooms at Comic-Con. But we've also heard about some noticeable absences. We're joined by Empire Magazine's editor-at-large, Helen O'Hara, to talk about these massive draws. We also cover this year's Comic-Con Funko exclusives, official t-shirts and line management. Talking Comic-Con is supported this season by Dark Bunny Tees, purveyors of quality movie and TV-themed merchandise. Head to darkbunnytees.com to find your next big favourite addition to your wardrobe. Welcome to Talking Comic-Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name's Lennon Sultana. We are 31 days away from San Diego Comic-Con. The reason why I can say that is because, as I was reminded uh, on the way to the Hangout today, tomorrow is when the Toucan blog starts up its 30 days ramp up for San Diego. Uh, Every day they're going to be posting a whole bunch of uh, helpful hints, uh, bits and pieces about what you can do to prepare for your con, and of course, hopefully, very soon, some information about that Star Trek co- uh, concert. But we'll be talking about that uh, throughout the course of today's show, because uh, we've got two great guests who are going to be talking um, all sorts of Comic-Con stuff, but also the films, the movies of San Diego Comic-Con. First things first, we've got my regular partner in crime, Alyssa Franks from the Friends of CC Forum. Hello, Alyssa, how are you? I'm well. We survived the uh, the server migration uh, Tuesday night, and we are back up and running. <laughs> With much thanks to uh, my chief technical officer, uh, Joe Pare, co-admin on the forum. He really just powered us through all of it, um, which is great. And everything is working pretty good. There's still a couple of quirks that <laughs> have to be ironed out. Touching wood, just please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of things that you know, but they're they're minor. And as I said to some of my forum members, um, it's you know going through 24 hours of difficulty so that we won't have the difficulty and a drip 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 form over the next course of the year. So that's uh, but. The rest of the week has been all about T-shirts and Maddie and Hasbro and hoodies and New York Comic Con tickets and Trek, and we'll talk all about that later on. Okay. Yeah, we will be talking all the uh, the, the general Comic Con news very soon indeed. But um, I we've got somebody who's joining us who I'm really excited to have on the show. I'm really glad that we've managed to uh, get her to join us. We've got Helen O'Hara from uh, Empire Magazine. Hello, Helen. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Fine, thank you. I suppose the first thing, um, just to let people know, because I know that um, you're not going to San Diego this year, are you? No, I don't think so, um, unless there is a last-minute miracle, which is possible, just 
kind of looking unlikely at this point. Um, Nick DeSemlin is going to be Empire's Man in San Diego this year. So he's a guy who looks a lot like like the child of Keanu Reeves with David Schwimmer, right? That's Nick. Um, so say hello, be nice to him. Um, he'll probably be running from place to place looking slightly harried. And he is probably going to be joined by Empire's uh, West Coast guy, James White, if we can persuade him to drive down from L.A. But that's a, that's a smaller commitment, so we're kind of optimistic on that score. Yeah, I mean, the reason why I bring that up is because uh, I know that a lot of people, when I speak to, because uh, I follow a lot of, uh, sort of like news and pop culture and um, uh, sort of like movies, journalists on social media. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of assume that you just automatically get golden tickets to San Diego and you just kind of no. the convention and uh, you're kind of shown a magic path to in, into the halls and stuff. It's really not a case of that, is it? It's really not. There are some studios and some panels where they will be able to walk you into the hall, Hall H or whatever whatever place it's, it's going on. Um, but it's only sometimes. And so, for example, I think I was the last there in 2013 because I've had women family weddings. I mean, who gets married during Comic-Con? It's ridiculous. Um, but I was... Uh, I was there on the big Saturday where they announced Batman v Superman, etc., etc., etc. But I had to be in there all day because Warner's could get us in in the morning, but then Fox weren't making any guarantees about the afternoon, and Disney weren't making any guarantees about the Marvel panel. So I basically had to get in for whatever it was and then just sit there all day in the darkness typing frantically and praying that the Wi-Fi would come back up already, please. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Why has it crashed again? Um, so, you know, we live in hope that it will be easier this year. But but really, you have to fight for access every single thing. And you do not get, you know, a special VIP pass. You do not, a, a press pass does not entitle you to get into every panel that you want to go to. Um, I mean, get it, so it, it really causes problems with something like Game of Thrones, because we never seem to have a pass for that. And it's obviously big news for us, but it's a difficult one. Okay. Well... Obviously, you're going to be doing your best to cover all the films, and it is something that is, it certainly dominates the uh, the entertainment headlines when it comes to uh, San Diego Comic-Con, that all the movies that do come to uh, to the convention. Uh, has there been any kind of, uh, certainly any films that have really jumped out in the office that people have kind of been very interested to hear news and updates about? Um well, the one people have been talking most about recently has just been Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess, the last week or so. Um, I mean, it's obviously going to be there. Uh, James Gunn last time, if you remember, had only been shooting for a week, and he'd already put together a Comic-Con reel. Um, and this time he's actually finished shooting, so one can only imagine that it will be 15 times more exciting, right? That's, that's how it should be. Uh, so we've got our fingers crossed for that one, I guess. But... Uh, there's a lot of stuff going to be there that I think people are hoping to see something about, hoping that they'll get a first taste of. I mean, TV shows like uh, like American Gods, for example, is there going to be any kind of presence for that? I think we're still hoping that there might be, but um, you know, it's 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 a bit of everything, really. It's it's always just it's always the things you don't see coming that end up being the most exciting. I think. Okay, well, I think the thing that I know that a lot of people have been very uh, interested to talk about is um, well there's two things really number one is obviously with Guardians of the Galaxy 
Disney showing up at uh, Comic Con in terms of Marvel. They didn't come last year. It was a very noticeable absence, and Fox filled that slot at the end of the Saturday. Fox have then also um, kind of taken their bat and ball home. What's your take, and what is indeed Empire's take, on the whole idea of um, trailers being uh, shown at Comic Con and the leak and the kind of like that leak culture that uh, shows up around uh, Hall H and Comic Con? I mean, I think studios have got to be realistic and realize that that's going to happen. There's just no way to avoid it. Um, and so, you know, everyone there could sort of take an oath of good faith that they're not going to, but there's still going to be one person who ignores that. So I think the studios have to realize that what goes out at Comic Con, it, it goes out. Like, that's it. it. It is launched, and I think they need to be realistic about that. I think the studios that have played it best have, have shown what they show in Comic-Con and then, you know, gotten something else out very soon afterwards to everyone else. Um, I mean, that said, I get the idea, and I personally love the idea of, like, maintaining some kind of exclusivity for that audience, you know, because it's so special when you're there and you know that no one else is seeing this. Uh, so I get why they're still kind of stamping down on it. I just I just don't know how how hard they're going to be able to stamp and for how long because every year this seems to get more and more uh, you know of a problem. So I think maybe what they need to do is is make the experience at San Diego more exciting apart from just the footage. It needs to be more than the footage. It needs to be the people in the room. It needs to be that atmosphere that you get that's like nothing else. I mean, again, that Saturday of 2013. Loki in character and costume. There's been, uh, that was incredible. I've never, it was like being at Glastonbury or a rock concert or something and just thousands of people all just chanting this one name in the hall. That's amazing and that's kind of what you want, I think, from Comic-Con. Um, or when in 2010, when they introduced the Avengers, just came yeah. out on stage. You know, it's that, the personalities, I think, is what you're you're talking to. Exactly, and just the sense of specialness and occasion, you know. I think there are, there's stuff that isn't, that isn't a news headline for a movie website uh, that is going to be amazing to be there on the day, and it's that kind of stuff that you want to give everybody when they're there. Um, and, 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 you know, the little stuff, Andrew Garfield in his, in his little homemade Spider-Man costume, and, you know, and, and all, the, all the X-Men turning up, and, you know, it's just, it's exciting. It's, it's great to be there, and I think it's, it's that kind of communal experience that is that is so wonderful and that you don't get anywhere else. Well, I think also when you also have the opportunity to drag 6,500 people across to a Star Wars concert, I think that's yeah. also, uh, something that you know, a lot of people can kind of really get excited about. Absolutely. Yeah, no question. can't imagine how awesome that would be. I think the reason why I kind of bring it up is because of something that was mentioned on the unofficial blogs um, movies podcast earlier on in the week because they talked about that um, experience of the Star Wars concert last year and uh, Jermaine uh, Lussier was their guest and he was mentioning that something like that would have gone into the six figures to actually put on. Oh yeah. At which point you then start asking the financial um, reward of actually appearing at Comic-Con. Is Comic-Con still a financial draw to actually, for the companies to actually show up and present yeah. at the convention? I honestly think that's why some studios sit out some years. It is. It's because they, they, they crunch the numbers and they think we're not going to essentially make our money back. We're not going to get enough of a publicity boost on this film 
for it to be worth turning up. And I think that's been true. Like Paramount for a few years wasn't uh, wasn't a present. It wasn't a big presence because they uh, they didn't feel that like that that you know that sum worked out. They had you know Transformers or something. Everyone knows it's coming. It's not actually going to get that much love in the room. So why would you why would you bring it there? You know it just doesn't make sense. And if you have cast that are shooting on the other side of the U.S. or they're shooting in London or they're shooting in Berlin, it doesn't necessarily make financial sense to fly them all over. Probably private jets, never mind first class, to get there and back again quick enough so you don't miss too much of the shoot. That's I mean it's a huge financial commitment. And to make it worthwhile, what you get is you know they essentially turn it into a mini junket which entails bringing down huge numbers of PRs and publicists to organize that. Um, and all the stunts and everything, of course, they have to pay for all of those. Uh, you know, it's, it is an enormous, enormous commitment, and I think we don't always appreciate that. Obviously, it's advertising at the same time. They're hoping to get something back out of this. But it's a very expensive way to advertise, so you have to be sure you're going to get the column inches to, to kind of, you know, to justify the cost. Okay. Well, in that case, let's talk a very specific um, topic then, or a very specific example. And it's all down to timing as well. Mm. Coming to um, uh, Comic-Con with Guardians of the Galaxy, there is also the week before Star Wars Celebration, which kind of begs the question then, could we see Rogue One at Star at, uh, San Diego Comic-Con? Yeah, what they might do is, as they've done a, a few times at conventions, essentially bring the same footage so preview it at Star Wars Celebration, bring something, bring essentially the same stuff to Comic Con, just so you've got, just so you've got a presence there, but it's not necessarily going to be the first time that's ever been shown. So you might end up with that kind of a compromise. It's not ideal, but it means that you still have some of that air of kind of specialness, but maybe not quite as much as you want. But it's hard, I mean, it's hard, especially in the case of something like Star Wars, if you have your own actual convention, how do you, how do you not put, bring it there? And how do those people not feel cheated, you know? Will you be attending Star Wars Celebration? Again, I don't, I'm not aware of the cards Yes, I've suddenly just realised what I've just said. Uh, you're going to be slightly busy in a field. Oh, it's this week. Oh, God, yeah. Yes. I'm going to Glastonbury. I'm going to be in the film tent in Glastonbury. It turns out this is a thing. I didn't even know it existed. I've never been to a film or a music festival, and here I am going, starting off with Glastonbury, and there's rain forecast. Rain! Ugh. Yeah, so it was a perfectly decent day until about an hour ago. It was all, it, it, it's, yeah, it's very awful outside, so sorry. Um, yeah, you've got ready. <laughs> but if anyone's going to be there, come along, say hello. You know, it'll be fun. Hopefully, the film tent. At least we have Civil War, and we have uh, My Neighbor Totoro, and we have a whole whole load of good films. And Tilda Swinton's going to be around, apparently. So you know, there's an upside. <laughs> okay, we've got a couple of questions that are coming in on the Q and A. But if you do want to get yours in, please head to the Google Plus event. Hit the Q&A button, and of course, any questions that you want to put to Helen or to Alyssa or myself, we'll try and cover those. We've got uh, certainly a question that I want to cover in a minute about um, screenings and uh, the possibility of seeing films in San Diego, because there's a couple of uh, cinemas that have closed in the city. Um, 
the, the next one I wanted to talk about is um, Suicide Squad. Um, this is obviously off the back of last year's uh, panel appearance, where they finally did bring out everybody for Batman vs. Superman, and it was such a positive panel where you have the cast of Suicide Squad, at which point you then had the film Batman vs. Superman come out, and it had that rather limp reception, um, purely because it wasn't possibly as optimistic as everyone wanted, or it just, it just didn't seem to stick the landing. Do you think that WB's um, appearance at Comic-Con this year, I mean, seeing how much they're actually bringing of Suicide Squad, do you think it's important that they kind of get the nerd community back on track when it comes to the uh, DC Cinematic Universe? Yes, in a word. I think <laughs> I, I hated Batman v Superman. I really, really got angry with it at how bad it was and how, how it has misunderstood what Superman is. My, my feeling is, right, and I'm not going to go on about this, but my feeling is basically you can reimagine characters as much as you want, but there are certain things that if you lose those things, it ceases to be that character. Like, if you made Wonder Woman a man, that doesn't work anymore, unless you're gender-swapping the entire DC universe. Um, if you make Superman someone who doesn't save people, that's not Superman anymore. That's not a valid interpretation of the character. That's just not Superman. And and that was my basic issue with it. There were lots of other nit nits I could pick, but basically, that's not Superman, and that's what annoyed me. Anyway, so Suicide Squad is important, because I think it is a chance to get back on track. I think Wonder Woman genuinely does look better. I think it looks like a Wonder Woman movie, and that's kind of exciting. I didn't have any major problems with the characterization, well, a few problems with the characterization of Batman, but nothing huge, so... I'm open to that film. Um, so, but, but Justice... Do you, but sorry, but... Sorry? Do we be seeing much of the not-Suicide Squad stuff in Hall H this year? No, I, I don't think we necessarily will be. I would imagine Wonder Woman will be there with the presence because they've finished shooting um, and they probably want to get a bit of her optimism going on. Um, but Suicide Squad is, is, as you say, the first one you know, the first chance to kind of make things right. And I think from what we've seen, they have a sense of what that film is and it has a personality and it, it looks like a really interesting one that I think we're all excited about. So I think that's really positive. If they bring Wonder Woman in after that and show a really good scene from Wonder Woman, I think that could really get the room excited. And then you may even have some uh, Justice League stuff. I would absolutely bring some Justice League stuff because they have been shooting now for month and a half, two months, they definitely have enough there to put something together. So I would I would hope for some Justice League. I really would. Um, and I think if they if they do that right then, you know, they've got a chance to kind of get the community to forget how bad the last film was. <laughs> frankly. Okay. Uh, let's move away from the superhero stuff just for a little bit and we'll stick with Warner Brothers, but obviously last year a lot of people were interested in the uh, Suicide Squad and uh, the all the rest of the DC element, but they also brought stuff like Pan. Um, can you talk? Shall we talk about the the kind of things that other um, companies could be bringing, including Warner Brothers? Could we be seeing some Harry Potter stuff? I would expect, like, or should I say, the Harry Potter spin-off? Yes, uh, I would expect some Fantastic Beasts stuff. Um, I think that's quite exciting. Um, I don't know what else. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Pan. I mean, Warner's has just been kicked about this year. It's one of those things where I think 
they've, they've tried to launch some new franchises and they've just kind of been putting the cart before the horse a little bit and it just has not worked. So that was a bit disappointing. Um, I don't know what other big ones we're going to see. I'm just trying to have a look down the list, actually, and be quite sneaky about it. Um, do, do, do. Oh, I, I'm... Hmm, 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 hmm. I feel like... I just came across Inferno. I'm like, yeah, you don't want that. You, you might see some troll stuff. I imagine there'll be some trolls, not necessarily in Hall H, but just around the place. They're going to be... If they were at Cannes already, I feel like they're already going to be pushing that one. Um, Fantastic Beasts is a little bit of a chance to get the Harry Potter story back from the stage show, which is all anybody's been talking about this month. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Um, and I don't know what else. What, I mean, and yeah, Star Wars we've already talked about. So, hmm, Passengers. You might see Passengers, I guess. Um, that would be one to hope for. And certainly in terms of them bringing, uh, it would be nice to see two stars of that in town. I guess um, Chris Pratt will already be there for uh, for Guardians, so it would make sense to try and get them uh, Lawrence in as well if they can. Um, but apart from that, I don't know, Lego Batman? John Wick, maybe? I know, yeah, a lot of people have been, well, uh, obviously uh, Will Arnett's going to be in town. Um, yep. Uh, hosting uh, a sci-fi uh, live show, uh, so I, yeah, I think I think Lego Batman's going to be uh, certainly uh, um, uh, represented. To be honest, uh, the first thing I am going to be doing when I actually arrive in San Diego is head to the Hard Rock Hotel and see which film is on the big banner on the hotel of the Hard Rock, because I guarantee whatever film is up there on the hotel is going to die a horrible, horrible death. Uh, <laughs> Pixels. We've had oh, we've had some very awful films up there on that uh, that hotel. So yeah, um, I think uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Oh no. Yes. What if, but what if you get there and it's something you want to love? What if you get there and it's you know, it's it's Suicide Squad or it's Fantastic Beasts or it's something that looks good? How worrying is that going to be? <laughs> True. Um, yeah, it would break my run. That's what I usually go by when it comes to the Hard Rock. Go to the Hard Rock, see what film that is. Okay, that's the one that's going to tank this year. Uh, so, yeah. Um, let's quickly talk about um, a company which hasn't really managed to find its feet, um, unless you talk about Japan numbers, which is legendary. Um, we have had a panel at uh, Comic-Con in Hall H for the last couple of years, and the films that they've shown at Comic-Con haven't quite landed. For example, Black Hat, um, uh, and well, a, a number of their films haven't really kind of worked. It's only been Warcraft which they've kind of pinned all their hopes on. Can we expect Legendary there this year, possibly with Pacific Rim? Uh, yeah, that's the one that comes to mind for me. Um I don't know. I mean, it's quite early. Have they even started on that yet? I feel like that's still a little bit of a way off. So you might get some like concept art, but it's sort of hard to imagine what more than that they have to show, really. This is not, what you really have to do is bring out Guillermo del Toro and just wind him up. And I mean, go. yeah, he is great. I mean, uh, Kong is probably the obvious one. Kong Skull Island. That's finished shooting now. I'm pretty sure that was finishing. Yeah, that should be well finished by now. So I'd imagine that you should see some of that. 
And then I'm just looking online, it says the Great Wall as well, so maybe that, but I, I don't know how Comic-Con friendly that's going to be. So you might be thinking more about... Um, but I, I would have, if I were them, I would, I would definitely want to uh, want to bring that there. Not not the Great Wall. I'd want to bring Kong. I would have thought that would play pretty well in the hall, and it's a chance to get people excited about a film that people are not currently that excited about. To be perfectly honest, beyond the cast, which is good, you know, who's really counting down the days till that one? Well, I mean, we we kind of got. Um bait and switched with that in Hall H. Uh, I think it was last year when uh, we were kind of, was it last year, the year before? Uh, mm. the tra- the, we've got a trailer we're going to show you and this uh, camera coming towards a very spooky island. We're all going, Jurassic World! Jurassic World! <laughs> Some of this. Q Skull Island and everyone just went, oh, great. So it just, <laughs> it just, it, I, I just, I'm trying to work out from people that I've spoken to, just how excited people are about Skull Island, and I think it's going to be one of those dark horse films which will either work or it yeah. won't. It will. I, I, I mean, I agree uh, that it will be that rather than saying it will work. Uh, I think, I mean, it's got a good chance. You know, Hiddleston is wildly charming, and Brie Larson is great and on top of the world right now, you know, so it's a good cast of people involved in that. you just got to hope that it makes sense and I'm, I'm always a little bit wary of this sort of going back to a real established franchise and and seeing what new stuff we can wring out of this dead gorilla sorry that's disrespectful um you know but i i i, I am very much hoping for the best from it so we'll see okay well you've got that and um the, the other one as well is godzilla 2 is is has that actually been Scraps now, or what's happening with Godzilla? No, I think it's happening, just not with Gareth Edwards, and it seems to be... I think that... Were they talking... I want to say 2019 for that, but I might be perhaps being too harsh. It might be 2018. But that that is definitely not in production yet, I'm pretty sure. So I feel like we've got some... We've got some time on that. They might come along with an announcement with maybe some, some creature concepts or something, but I don't think they have anything more than that to show. What's interesting about Legendary for me is because they have pinned their con experience so far so much on um, Warcraft, and now the film is is out. It's just there's this massive void now when it comes to the uh, Legendary lineup. So I'm very curious to see how that panel's uh, going to uh, come out. Uh, Ian O'Hara's jumped in on the Q and A and um, has mentioned four words, which is uh, yeah very interesting to see if they're going to be showing up. Ghost in a Shell. Ghost in the Shell. Yes. So let's see. I was on set of, let me just drop some names here, Captain America Civil War last summer, and I was talking to Scarlett Johansson at that point, and she was going into training basically as soon as she finished on Cap. So they should have shot pretty much everything they need by this point. Um, I mean, that's going to be one with enormous amounts of special effects, but if they haven't budgeted you know, for enough to show at Comic-Con, I'd be very surprised. And they need to get some good word of mouth on that film again, because, you know, right now, all you hear on it is, is the entirely reasonable critique that they have, you know, uh, race-spent it, out of all recognition. So, yeah, I would expect, I would be, I would be unsurprised if it were there, and I think it would be a wise move to go. I, yeah, I... I Ian, I think I agree with Helen on this one because 
it really has just been, I think one of the big topics of conversation, not just at Comic-Con, but just in the film industry generally, um, the, 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 uh, the translation of um, Asian stories and basically whiteface. It's just been very, it's a, it's a tough t- subject which the industry needs to tackle and they need to do it in a very public way. You don't get more public than Comic-Con. So, yeah, I think uh, I agree with that uh, point. Let's just go down. I think this next one is actually for myself and Alyssa in terms of um, what's actually happening in San Diego in terms of screening. Um, This is a question from Super Catchick. I've attended several movies at the Reading Theatre, and since it's closed, do you think it will limit openings and pre-screenings outside the convention? I believe there's actually only one other small theatre in downtown, at which point uh, we had someone turn around and uh, say, yeah, as the only theatre downtown is a small one in Horton Plaza, which is eight screens. Um, a lot of people have been talking about Suicide Squad getting a screening. I personally think it's a little bit early. Uh, we're talking a good month away from release, so I don't see it getting a screening at uh, Comic-Con. But uh, what do you think, Alyssa, in terms of kind of like the screenings that could be happening in town, limited by just where on earth you're going to show them? Well... There is a big IMAX screen being put up behind the convention center. This is very true. I can't <laughs> think of they're going to put on there. I mean, as, and that it's only going to, if it's only going to be put up for that one night, it, I don't know, the resources alone would seem to lend its to being used for other nights. I don't know what they would put on there. Um, you know, the Suicide Squad, of course, would be interesting, but as you said, it's a month beforehand. But maybe they could use it for other things. That's a very good point. Okay. <laughs> That's just kind of teased the hell out of me, but all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Excellent. Um, going back to uh, the movies, Alyssa, uh, that uh, have been covered by um, yourself and by Empire, is there any kind of since last year, I remember there were a couple of films uh, that were slotted in the middle of the day on the Saturday, mostly zombie-based uh, and with Matt Smith involved. Um, can well, Is there any small films or any films that are on the horizon that you think could make an appearance at Comic-Con? Um, I, I don't know. I know that they're going to be showing a couple of uh, movies. I think it's on Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday night, maybe even Wednesday, um, Aliens, they'll be doing a reshowing of that um, in the Gas Lamp Center. I don't know, I haven't heard about anything um, at the con itself. To go back to your to you guys' earlier conversation, though, have you guys heard of anything of a movie called Passengers? Yeah, that, yeah we were just talking about that, yeah. Oh, I missed that. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> but, yeah, that one, that one just looks... Super exciting just from the cast, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll be entertained by that one. Um, I'm just trying to think of other movies. Uh, you mentioned Alien. Uh, Alien Covenant will have finished shooting in about three weeks. Now they're down in in Australia, but it's not it's not impossible that somebody could fly back for a couple of days and, and show some footage. So maybe you could see some Alien Covenant. I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it by any means, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Well, I think the other thing about Alien Covenant as well is when we first saw our um, first look at um, Alien 
uh, well, not Alien, sorry, uh, the, the, the first uh, film in this particular run of Alien spin-offs. Mm. It was brought to us to Hall H via live webcam with Ridley Scott uh, into Hall H. Um, I think also in the same reason as with um, Batman vs Superman, there is, they want to try and re- regain some fan support for that franchise as well. So yeah. same drill, I think uh, they may bring Covenant to uh, Comic Con just to try and get some fan support back. Yes, I think that's probably the case. Um, I'm just wondering as well about Baby Driver. That would be great. The new Edgar Wright film. Um, again, I don't know how, if we can count on that, but that would be pretty exciting. Resident Evil 6 will probably have some kind of presence, even if it's only a poster. Um, what do you think? What do you think about maybe seeing something from the Dark Tower in that's? That would be cool. Again, it might be a little bit too early. I don't know if they're even shooting yet. I mean, I, I saw those casting announcements, and then that's it. Yeah, um, I don't know. There, I um. It seems as though that they're um, gonna air. They're gonna premiere it in February. That's why I was saying. But that's uh, next. Yeah. So that you know, in, in eight months or so. So I was thinking. Yeah, I think that's. It's 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 not impossible by any means. I'm just uh, I'm thinking as well about uh, Knights of the Round Table, King Arthur. Now, if I were Warner's and I were yet again trying to launch a franchise. This film is much delayed at this point, or slightly delayed anyway. It was due to come out this spring, just passed. It's now gone back to next spring. Um, but it might be a way to get some good word of mouth going on that again and get some people excited about it. So, so yeah, not again, not outside the realm of possibility. That, that one is definitely in the can, apart from any reshoots. So they could definitely bring something along. I think, um, as someone has correctly pointed out on the Q&A, the one thing we have to look through our list of films that we would love to see there, we have to then put a line through it if it says, in brackets afterwards, Fox. Uh, Bradley Goran does correctly say, I highly doubt Alien Covenant will be coming, sadly, as it's a Fox movie. And they are not going to be coming to whole nature. Yeah. I'm, I'm mentally questioning whether things that are Sony are coming, but of course that's not necessarily the problem this year, it's Fox. This is regarding uh, the Marvel panel at the end, and also, well, we suspect it's going to be at the end, it usually is, at the the end of the Saturday, Uh, and also uh, kind of bouncing backwards and forwards uh, with uh, Alyssa in terms of, uh, number one, I've heard that a rumour that Suicide Squad will be premiering their film on the USS Medway on Thursday, Friday, so... Who knows? Wow. It could be something like that. When it comes to Marvel, could we actually see something else beyond the uh, the, the main titles that we've heard so far of Guardians of the, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Two? Could we be seeing Thor Ragnarok? Could we be seeing something perhaps of um, Phase Four? Um, I think if Thor Ragnarok has started, it has only just started. So. I mean, it's not, again, it's not impossible because if you think about James Gunn three years ago bringing stuff from Guardians after literally a week of shooting, we can't rule it out. But I think that's unlikely just because, again, they're going to be in Australia, so it's going to be whether they can, they can link in for that. I think that's a stretch. I wouldn't be surprised, however, if they are, if they maybe have a casting announcement for Marvel. That would be my big thing I would be hoping for. They, they could 
I know they've been thinking about her because the Captain America writers were are obviously working on uh, on Avengers, and um, and they talked about writing for people who hadn't even been cast yet. Well, the main one they're writing for that hasn't been cast yet is presumably her. So so well, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we saw something of that. And of course, if Kong Skull Island is there, if Brie Larson is there, and if the rumors are true, then that would all tie up nicely in a neat little bow. Um, so you, you could see that. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see much of Thor. I mean, it's possible, but I'd be surprised. I think one, certainly one thing I'm going to be paying close attention to in the next couple of weeks is Kevin Feige's social media. Because yes. if he's on a plane, if he's actually ending into San Diego, then we're going to see a massive panel at uh, Marvel. And I, I, I think we may see some stuff about Phase 4 because... The one thing that we were missing last year was all the news about Phase 3 and about what we're going to be seeing all the way up to Infinity War. Yeah. Um, obviously, that was kind of stolen by that single event that took place at the, uh, the theatre in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, obviously, by the time uh, Comic-Con had rolled around, they didn't actually have a lot of the contracts signed, and it all was done later on down the line. I'm just wondering if this year they are really going to use Comic-Con as, okay, the re- let's get back into the Comic-Con game, let's reconnect with the nerd culture, which <laughs> the, the, the community, and let's strive forward. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how they're going to do with that. It's interesting. I mean, that event, I think, was a bit of a response to the WB event, which was a stockholders meeting. And it was, and they announced their films up until 2021 or whatever it was. So then I think Marvel felt they had to respond in some way. But it was a very odd move because it, it wasn't really geared towards the fans. And I think they usually have more sense than that. So, yeah, I'd agree. I, I really hope you Right. The one uh, – well, I'm going to ask one question then, and then I'm going to let you get off. Uh, okay. Because, you know, it's a Sunday, and you've got packing for um, – <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> you've got a packing for this thing to do next week. Um, somebody's asked a question. This is uh, Nick Whitney. Uh, going to my first Comic-Con as press this year, uh, New York Comic-Con in October. Helen, any tips? You mentioned running around madly typing away in dark rooms with no yeah. Wi-Fi. It yeah. sounds like hell. Yeah, it is. No, it's wonderful as well. It is wonderful. Um, my tips would be obviously comfortable shoes and clothing. Um, bring snacks because you won't ever have time for a meal ever, uh, ever. It just doesn't happen. Uh, and um, and I would say, yeah, I mean, just have a backup battery extender that you can find. Really, I was in Hall H last year, frantically trying to essentially live transcribe. The last time I was there, frantically trying to live transcribe everything anyone said while also then editing the stuff I'd already written and putting it in CMS and the content management system to go live on the website. Um, it was not an experience I'm, I'm massively excited to repeat when, whenever I do go back. But it was kind of wonderful at the same time. I mean, I got to the end of the day, spent about another hour editing and posting all of the stuff that I hadn't been able to post during the day. And I was just shaking at the end of it from just excitement and nerves and sheer geeky anticipation of seeing all these films that I just heard announced, you know. So it's wonderful. It's just, it's a little bit, you need your adrenaline going, basically. Get your adrenaline up. Yeah, and, and maybe eat some fruit. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, uh, Helen, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Hopefully we'll have you back on the Hangout 
next year or at some please point throughout the yeah. course. We'd love to have you back. All right, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Excellent. And uh, thank you very much indeed. Where can people find you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Helen L. O'Hara uh, because some estate agent has my name already. Uh, and, and that's really about it. Uh, I write for Empire, obviously, and The Telegraph and GQ and The Pool UK and a few other bits and pieces. Excellent stuff. Helen, thank you very much indeed for joining us and uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you. I'll see you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Brilliant. Um, it was um, great to talk to Helen and lots of little nuggets in there which um, kind of got me thinking about stuff we could see. What What did you take away from that, um, Alyssa? I took away that I am sorry that I'm not going to camp out for Hall H and see some of the stuff that she's talking about because it sounds fabulous. It, you know, just all of the, the different the different things that are that are coming up would be wonderful to see. But it was wonderful having her on, and she certainly has a lot of knowledge uh, about about everything, about the movies and what we can expect to see in in San Diego this summer. Yeah, um, I, but, I mean, we've got a lot of people have been commenting on social media. Thank you very much indeed for getting Helen on. I'm looking forward to uh, having her back because uh, she she knows her stuff, and she's also. <laughs> Trust me, she is as nerdy and as geeky as we are. We, she really gets, <laughs> she loves it. She would be a great person to have on in the in February, you know, January, February, March, mm. uh, to get ready for the the summer movie season. Sounds like yeah, it. in preparation for that. Yeah. So, what t-shirts did you buy? Oh, we're jumping <laughs> are we? Yes, <laughs> this week um, we had the announcement of the t-shirt releases. Uh, that were brought out by Comic-Con this week. Um, there were five designs. Um, and for a change, every single one of them is absolutely gorgeous. I love them. I think they're absolutely stunning. We've already seen the one design already, uh, which was the cover for the souvenir guide, which is the black um, Babs Tar shirt uh, of Wonder Woman. Then you had a white one, which is the um, the Wonder Woman design with a kind of faded pencil outline uh, in the background. Very, very nice. Very, very classy. I really liked uh, a lot. Um, and then you had, uh, for a change, you don't have a T-shirt with the default um, Comic-Con logo on it, um, which is uh, came as a bit of a surprise for me. But we have here. a college uh, design, which is very, very nice, like with the college uh, impact uh, font uh, on the front. And then you have something called Classy, which is the logo in front of a kind of like a starburst kind of design, which I, I really quite liked. Um, and then you had a Toucan design uh, as based off their uh, traditional Toucan logo. Um, last year was this one, which is the steampunk um, Toucan. So I'm going to get that uh, corrected. And this year it, they're basing it off Game of Thrones. So it's in front of a, uh, a banner with uh, the Toucan in full Jon Snow regalia, looking very, very nice. Which ones did I order? Um, we ordered five in total. Uh, that would be uh, for the missus. It would be uh, for Caroline. She got the white Wonder Woman and the college shirt. And for myself, I got the black um, Babstar Wonder Woman. I got the... Uh, ooh, let me see if I get this right. I think I got the classy, and I think I got the college. 
I actually, we both missed out on the, the Toucan one purely because that's a lot of t-shirts. <laughs> but, um, now those are the ones that I got. And um, jump in on the Q&A. Let us know which ones tickled your particular fancy. Uh, let us know which ones are you, I know that you haven't made your order yet. Which one are you going for? I, I'm definitely getting the toucan because that's, um, I always get the toucan shirt. Um, so I, I've got to get that one. And I think I'm also going to go for the collegiate. Uh, a lot of people commented that there wasn't a date on that one. And there isn't a date on the other, um, the other SDCC shirt, which is kind of, Interesting. Um, I think that that was also the, um, I won't say complaint, about the previous uh, San Diego default shirts that that, Pat, that uh, they put out. Um, so it's kind of interesting that they're not following through with that. And maybe these two shirts are going to be the default shirts going forward into next year. I um, have no problem with it because that's, um, I can't say the word. Is it Colligate? I, whatever the shirt, I, I think is a really nice default shirt. I think it looks mm-hmm. really, really nice. Yeah, that one's high on my list. But I also got just recently this week got a um, a college shirt for the USS Enterprise too, just because you know I I still hold out hopes for the Star Trek <laughs> behind you know well, uh, premiere. Imagine that there will be something that you'll be wearing on preview nights, perhaps. I, fingers crossed. I, I will be, absolutely. It goes along with my Klingon jacket that I bought also okay. uh, <laughs> from the same one. Not exclusives, none of that sort of thing. Um, so the the other interesting thing that's been happening this week uh, was the Maddie sale. They did the pre-sale and the um, the opened it up to the public. And that went surprisingly well it seems like a lot of people got what they wanted it seems like there's they have a lot more product this year than they had the previous year or maybe they're just trying to do um sell it all pre-show so that's not a big mess at the booth during the con did you or your your uk group have any um um well at this point um i then have to remind that we were supposed to have somebody uh, joining us to talk about exclusives. Unfortunately, uh, that person uh, as it's Father's Day. They've got other things to want to stand and celebrate, which I understand. Um, but um, it would have been nice to actually have someone on to talk about the exclusives, considering I have not been tickled by many of the exclusives, including the range from uh, Matty Collector. Uh, I think there was only one, uh, which was the... Uh, I believe it's the Harley Quinn, which I kind of liked, but um, I'm I was kind of disappointed by the uh, the Matty lineup uh, this time around. I just felt that um, it just didn't attract my attention. I just I, I felt yeah. uh, underwhelmed. I've never been a huge Matty fan. Um, the things that sold out quickly were the Wonder Woman, the Harlequin, uh, the Trek, um, uh, the Spock Trek. A Hot Wheels sold out too, on um, the Harlequin stuff. Um, but the Wonder Woman Invisible Jet and the Wonder Woman um, Barbie, both of those. I think the Wonder Woman Barbie was like the first thing that sold out. Uh, that one would have been interesting. I am not a doll person though. I just I cannot. I I never owned a Barbie. I don't think. Maybe when I was five, 
you know, but I just don't think I can cross that threshold. It's just, there's something in it <laughs> about that. Hasbro did do, um, they did release that they're going to have another huge transformer thing. Um, a lot of people are already talking about how hard and expensive this thing is going to be to get home. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm, I'm going to pass on that, uh, that one myself, but we still don't know about magic or the other came out this week, which I wondered did attract your attention, which was, uh, from, uh, entertainment earth. And it's the 24 karat gold plated enterprise. <laughs> did, that, did that attract your attention at all? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I am so fed up with entertainment earth. I didn't, I didn't even open up the emails, <laughs> um, but that would, I would look at that, but no, probably not. No, okay. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to um, move. Well, that, well, that was an item that is going to clock in at $59.99. Uh, you yeah. pre-order from entertainment earth and uh, yeah, it's this, um, this plinth with a spring and with an enterprise on the top. And if that's the kind of thing that floats your boat, there we go. The one that a lot of people were interested in this week, however, as well, was the announcement of the um, lineup from Funko. We had the first three waves that came out this week. And um, I, at first, I wasn't too sure exactly what I mean, you kind of know, you know that further on down the line, and you have got another three weeks of this, I believe. Uh, you've got three or four weeks of this. Monday, Tuesday, uh, sorry, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're going to be getting six or seven items. It's going to be, as always, a massive slew of Funko um, uh, exclusives this year. But there was a couple of interesting changes to the way they're doing their exclusives, which I thought uh, attracted my attention. Number one, the direct-to-market ones. Uh, these were the Powerpuff Girls, uh, of which they're doing. So what the idea is that you're going to be able to get them as Comic-Con exclusives, and then further on down the line, you're going to be able to actually just buy them on the shelves. So it's basically getting hold of them first. So that was an interesting thing. And then, of course, the limiting to piece numbers. And we've had um, 500s, 750s, and 1,000s. Um, so those were uh, of interest to me. Uh, was there any of the Funkos that kind of tickled your fancy, attracted your attention? Nothing that jumped out at me so far. Uh, they did limit the piece numbers in the New York Comic Con Funkos, um, that they had sold. They had actually posted that on there. I am very happy that, that they're telling us which ones are going to be released to the general market down the road. So we don't have to think we're getting, we don't have to buy it thinking we're getting this super exclusive piece and then realize it's at target the next week, sure. uh, which is that just burns me. Why I'm very curious about the Dr. Strange, mm -hmm. about just how exclusive that is going to be uh, considering that um, we're talking uh, items that uh, I, they haven't said it's going to be a limited item or uh, what exactly is so like con exclusive about it. Is it mm -hmm. the, um, the ball of the yellow ball, his, uh, his orbing, uh, which is so like on his hand. I don't know. Although a lot of people were 
you saw social media light up when the Doctor Strange got announced. So, uh, yeah, that I think is certainly been one of the highlights out of the run so far. Dan Berry has um, said that uh, there's nine waves uh, to come, uh, three more weeks every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So there's another nine of these to come. Um, and certainly the one that really jumps out at me uh, was actually the first thing that got announced, which was the Scott Pilgrim versus the World uh, three-pack, which is uh, the band members from Sex bob uh, Now, obviously, um, Scott Pilgrim got a very cult uh, following behind it, but it's very passionate, and I happen to love that film. Uh, so now that's the one that kind of has jumped out at me. That's That's been my... The one that I I wouldn't mind getting my hands on. There's been a few, yeah. It's, I I haven't nothing spoke to me yet. I'm sure there will be that one piece that I want. The only thing that I really wanted so far was that Trek, uh, Spock Trek Hot Wheels thing, and I was able to get that in the pre-sale. So I'm 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 happy. There is a, a another item that I'm kind of interested in that's. I don't know if I'll do it though. It's 175. Um, and it will probably involve, um, not running to the booth as, uh, Corgi Commander correctly pointed out, uh, this week when I was, uh, saying, Oh, I'm getting an SDCC fit for the run to the booth. And he's like, No, no, no. There's no walk. There's no running in the convention center. <laughs> so, um, that will involve, uh, some, an early morning you know, quick walk to their booth. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that, but we'll see. Okay. So, well, um, how- certainly I'm wondering where we're going to get the announcement for Funko in terms of what their um, arrangement is going to be. Indeed, not just Funko, but uh, Mattel, Lego, all the companies, whether we're actually going to see them for coming from the companies or we're actually going to see them as part of a series, which starts tomorrow. 30 days, of uh, Comic-Con, uh, which is the um, annou- the uh, regular series that is uh, put together by uh, CCI uh, on the Toucan blog. Starts tomorrow. Um, as part of that, no doubt we will also get information about the Trek concerts and also about how they're going to handle lines. Question. It, so the handling lines thing, um, who would you like to see... Uh, and this goes out to everybody. Who would you like to see handing out tickets um, upstairs in the sales pavilion for, uh, we, we already get tickets for Hasbro. I would love to see tickets for Funko. I would love to see tickets upstairs for Lego, the Lego sets that they actually do. Um, who else? I know, I think Bandai did tickets last year. Um, is there any, is there, are there any other larger groups um, booths that that people think should hand out tickets upstairs as opposed to having to run to their booth. Sure. So uh, I could nominate uh, Marvel, but I think the only reason why you had a um, an issue with their booth last year was not so much people trying to get the uh, stuff from the booth because they had plenty of stuff on stock. It was just the rather terrible till system that they had on hand. <laughs> that kind of really put Marvel uh, to uh, to one side, unfortunately. Absolutely, absolutely. I did have a kind of a personal question to ask you: How are you doing with getting your T-shirts out to your group? Your the English. Well, um, 
Um, I we've got a, a T-shirt for the uh, for the uh, SDCC UK attendees. Uh, they will all hopefully be out by uh, Wednesday. Fingers crossed. Uh, I don't particularly want to talk about this because uh, the company that has arranged our uh, T-shirts haven't been particularly good. Um, but um, they do look they do look rather nice. I'm not going to lie. They they are very well printed. Eventually. Uh, so if you do see a T-shirt with a logo on the back, which is Agent Carter, uh, or indeed Agent Carter, or v for, the I from V for Vendetta, um, the artwork for the um, Agent Carter shirt has been done by um, British Comic Awards winner Rachel Stott. Uh, so very excited to see that on, on the T-shirt. Very, very nice indeed. And also the V for Vendetta artwork, the I from v for V for Vendetta has been done by David Lloyd, the creator of the character. So, no, if you spot those T-shirts around town, uh, yeah, that's that's the uh, the Brit involved. Uh, we've got Dan Berry who's asking that um, original Funko have said, we always have shared exclusives. We don't announce which ones until the con begins. So, yeah, it, it, it's really up in the air. It's I, I Sometimes I find it a little bit... I understand what they do in the way of their organization, but sometimes it just seems very kind of hit and miss and very... If it's a San Diego exclusive, if it's a con exclusive or a San Diego exclusive, that means exclusive. Should that be. doesn't mean I should be able to buy it at Target. Pet peeve. No, just it doesn't kinda... work like that, but there we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um It seems like it's the week for groups to be getting their shirts... Uh, all of their products out. I know that I am going to be get try, attempting to get all of my orders out by the end of the week too. So if you see the the red, we've got a dark red T-shirt with a, the Friends of CCI logo on the front, and then the banner ad on the back. That's um, that's us. We've also got a, a second lanyard of a, a green slime lanyard too. So that that'll that'll hopefully. Be arriving later on this week, and we'll get those shipped out too. Just to go through so. a look at the um, uh, the Q and A just points just before we kind of do start heading towards the, the wrap up of today's show. Uh, Janine Lacaro uh, has turned around and said, "Really excited with the Wave Three from Funko, especially the Haunted Mansion ghosts." And the son, of course, wants Doctor Strange pop, which that is going to be a popular one. It's as simple as that. I think uh, when. We found out that this week uh, Scott Derrickson is going to be bringing uh, uh, Doctor Strange to Comic-Con. Social media just did go a little bit nuts. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see <laughs> how that's uh, going to uh, pan out. Um, Janine Lacaro also says, regarding the Matty sale, was very surprised that Wonder Woman Barbie will not be sold at the show. She was the first to sell out. Uh, so, yeah, a, a lot of people have been uh, very curious to see how that's actually going to work. Um, so yeah. that went, that really captured the the essence of the character in the movie, which was nice to see that it, that they didn't uh, frou frou and fluff her up, you yeah. know, with with pink gigas and actually was remained true to the character, which was very good, you know. So that's I'm that's the appeal of it. The offsite that um, the offsite stuff that people have, DC have announced for Wonder Woman. Uh, because they are going to be doing a number of panels, uh, they, which they've announced. Uh, and they've also announced that they're going to be doing an an invisible jet off-site. Now, 
if this turns out to be a piece of grass, so like fenced off, and you can take pictures of an empty piece of grass, I'm going to be slightly disappointed. But what I'd also like to see, and tell me, if, tell me what you think of this idea, because I posted a picture, a mock-up of this, on my Twitter earlier on. A crane with some thin cables with a cockpit seat area, which you can sit in. It hoists you up into the middle of the air, and you can have a picture taken of you sat in the invisible jet. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be a lot of fun. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be a lot of fun. I suppose. I suppose. I don't know if I'd wait hours in line for it, though. Hey, a lot of people waited hours in line to do a zip line for Gotham, for God's sake. So, you know. I, but that, that had some cool swag. Uh, there was a really nice. I think it was a badge that you got from that one. That was that was really nice. So. Okay, right. We're going to wrap things up. Uh, just a quick announcement about next week's show. Uh, this is going to be, as Alyssa mentioned earlier, a lot of been a lot of chat has been about uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, certainly about um, how the sale is going to go now that the fan registration section has now done and dusted. How is the actual badges going to get sold? Uh, there's going to be no lining up. It's all going to be done online. Are they going to be adopting a uh, same model as uh, San Diego Comic-Con? Is it going to be more of a lottery thing? Tell you what, what we need to do is get somebody from Pop uh, to answer all those questions, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We've got Mike Armstrong from Pop, who's going to be joining us next week to talk New York Comic-Con and about how they're actually going to handle all the, the badge selling for that particular event. So to dovetail onto that one, we could see, not that I think that we will, but we could see ticket sales this week. They've gone back, they've gone to the model of only giving um, fans a short period of notice. So I think they said they'd give 48 hours notice. So technically, we could see a sale on Wednesday. Well, Not to say we will. Hoping that I was desperately hoping that Mike was not going not to not going to agree to come on the show the days after the actual sale. So yeah, like I said, probably won't. But just to, to get everybody geared up into seeing to keeping an eye out for ticket sales. Because if you let your guard down and the sale happens, you're done. Yeah. You're not going to New York Con. Um, I do want to also talk about the week in TV. Okay. Go for it. Okay. We have the series conclusion of Person of Interest. We've also got season finales of Penny Dreadful, Wyatt Earp, Game of Thrones stands to be really interesting tonight with the Battle of the Bastards. Just to <laughs> put, put that one out there, might want to live, live watch this one tonight. There's also going to be um, the season premiere of the first two episodes of The Last Ship is going to happen tonight also, in addition to the ongoing, the ongoing Preacher um, episodes. So tonight... Make sure your DVR is set up because you're going to want to watch all of it, <laughs> just all of it. Um, I am really loving Preacher. Uh, I watch it on a regular basis. I don't know if you guys still get it over. You get it in the the UK. Well, 
we've got Preacher, but it is it comes out on Amazon Prime here in the UK, so it's um, yeah. by demand, as it were. Right, right. That I mean, that new series. Um, I've also been watching Clever Man on um, not Showtime on. Uh, uh, there's an, another on the Sundance channel. Uh, if you haven't caught Brain Dead, hilarious political <laughs> bug eating brain dead people, very funny. Would recommend that one too. Um, just to put it out there, keep in mind we are in an Olympic year. So you're going to start getting a lot of your programs preempted by the Olympics. Yeah. And um, we're already starting with, I think they're doing gymnastics later on this week and, and, and another, uh, it, all of the qualifying stuff that's, that's happening for that. Orange is the New Black and Voltron are also uh, binge-worthy binge on Netflix if you haven't got there too. So DVR alert for tonight because that's <laughs> yeah. major. Um. So we're going to wrap things up um, very, very quickly. Where can people find you, um, Alyssa? Uh, friendsofcc.com forward slash forum. And on the blog, of course, uh, where I'm publishing the weekend TV, uh, which will give a summary of what I just said, if if uh, it all went too fast for you. Um, and on Twitter, at friendsofcci. Okay. Right. Um, you can find me at Englishman SDCC. You can find me on pretty much most of the social medias. Um, you can also find me at Patreon. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash Englishman SDCC, just to let you know, and I know that a couple of people have commented them about them on, uh, on the Q and A and on the social media as well. It's the Patreon account, which has funded these, which are my banners and that they are going to be the backdrop for the hangout. Thank you so much for all of your support. It's, Trust me, when I say that all the stuff that I do, uh, that when I do get some bits and pieces, when I get donations on Patreon, it all goes back into the site. Uh, I've bought some equipment to cover more of the con. Um, it's all, it all. I'm not buying flights with them. Let's put it with it. <laughs> it is all about uh, kind of making the Englishman SDCC uh, experience better, and that's all down to your support. Thank you so much. Right. The one thing I do want to wrap up on is this, and it's something that has um, lit up on my social media. Dan Berry has mentioned it as well, and it is going to change the tone and the timbre of the Star Trek premiere that happens on the preview night. Um, it has been announced by his family over the course of the Hangout that uh, Anton Yelchin, the actor uh, best known for playing Chekhov in the new Star Trek films, has died at the age of 27 in a traffic accident. It's a horrible thing to have happened. He was an actor which, if you saw him in other roles, especially his independent work, you saw that there was so much potential there. It was just a talent that was destined to grow into something so much better and so much bigger. And it's just such a massive shame. I'm hoping, I really do hope it is a celebration of Anton's uh, work and um, I, on behalf of the Hangout and, and from Alyssa as well. I'm I am devastated. Yeah. <laughs> I am sorry, but I am devastated. That's, that is so sad. Thank you for letting us know. Okay. So once again, on behalf of the, uh, the Hangout, um, our thoughts to the Star Trek 
family, the community, to Anton's family. And uh, if you are um, able to get hold of, um, well, let's go through it. It's Terminator Salvation uh, through um, Star Trek. Any of the independent work that he's done. If you can get hold of uh, a film of his tonight, watch it, celebrate the man's work. And uh, certainly I'll be raising a glass to Anton Yelchin, who died last night in a car accident. Do take care. Enjoy the rest of your week. Um, once again, we are going to be talking to Mike Armstrong from Repop about New York Comic Con and their ticket sales and what they've got planned for 2016. We'll see you soon. Do take care. Bye-bye. Bye.